Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Frankie, here in Hump Day, talking player and game props. Still some interesting stuff to get into, not just like your average, how many receptions is this guy going to have, how many receiving yards, how many passing yards, like there's still a lot of pretty crazy like player and game props involved. Yeah, man. Stuff that we didn't even talk about yesterday, so... Uh, very excited to do yeah, that. Like your cross-sport props that you were talking about? Yeah, there, there are some interesting things. Uh, like Russell Westbrook points plus rebounds plus assists or Rob Gronkowski's receiving yards. That's something that we could get into later so in the show. Hard. I saw, uh, you know, throughout the week, a lot of people have been asking questions in the chat about player props as well. So if you have a question, call in 844-843-6879. But before all that, Greg, mm-hmm. how did you sleep last night, buddy? Uh, I slept great last night, actually. Yeah, after your uh, great your failed chicken parmesan. Yeah, I, we tried to make a healthy version of chicken parm, and it wasn't as nearly as good as a the unhealthy version. We use zoodles and whatever, so I slept great, Frank. And I woke up this morning, not as great. Why is that? You remember when I came here on Monday and I told you about my Mitchell Robinson versus Tim Hardaway? I was texting you on Sunday night about it. Okay. And how I how I won. Yeah. Last second, Mitchell Robinson yeah. put back, whatever. Two rebounds and a put back layup. I woke up this morning, I no longer won. Stat correction. Stat correction. Uh oh. So when I tell you that, what was your first instinct to be to ask me? What happened? Right. What was the stat correction? What was the stat correction? I don't know. Because ESPN does not provide you with the stat corrections. The basketball stat corrections? Fantasy football, they do. Fantasy baseball, they do. You've got to be able to find it somewhere, though. So the NBA, like, the NBA released stat corrections, and Yahoo released stat corrections. Now there's a bunch of stat corrections, including some of my players and some of his players. Now I don't know what was what was put in, what was put out. Now I think my score was the same, and it's points, right? So I don't exactly remember how many points I had or how many I won by. Um, my opponent, and I was talking to him this morning that he lost by a point and a half, so he's gained one point eight. And looking at the Yahoo and the NBA stat corrections, I don't know how we get to one point eight. But I don't know. So I contacted ESPN this morning. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, well, what was my stat correction? Well, we don't... Basically, the NBA releases them and we just adjust them. So I go, well, how am I supposed to know what the correction was? He's like, well, y- y- you can't. Like, what do you mean you can't? You changed my score. You changed my matchup. That could affect a lot going forward. And I don't even know what you changed. Well, we're sorry for the inconvenience. I go, that's unacceptable. We're sorry for the inconvenience. How could you not be transparent to your players? Yahoo is, I said this to them, Yahoo is, 
CBS is. How are you not? Well, uh, we will contact our fantasy department and let them know that you want this changed. I go, let me contact the fantasy department. I'm in the fantasy industry. Oh, you know who I am? Let me contact the fantasy department. You're not allowed to contact the fantasy department. And what do you mean I'm not allowed to contact the fantasy department? How could you make a change of this magnitude? And it could have been the playoffs, right? Yeah. I mean, how could you make a change of this magnitude which changes my matchup and not tell me what you changed? I go, do you know what you changed? He goes, I have no idea. He goes, it's automatic. It's automatically done. NBA makes a stat correction. We just change in our system. I go, well, what did no, you I change? understand why they... Okay, that's the system that they have set up, but normally for like any other sport or right. even baseball, you could go back. Of course. On CBS, you play. There's under a list. There's under like research. It's like stat correction. Same with Yahoo. So Same with Yahoo. There's a button that says stat correction. That's a bad job. It's a joke. Greg fired up here on a Wednesday over a regular season stat correction that, in fantasy basketball. If you lost any matchup in any sport by a stat correction, it's the principle. You would be angry and listen. It was a correction, right? So I, I deserve to lose. I'm not saying I didn't. But I want to know why. I want to know what changed, what happened, how I lost. And they can't tell me that. ESPN's fantasy basketball, for what it's worth, very lacking. It's awful. I mean, as it's a, awful. I've played for years on ESPN for fantasy basketball. You could just tell. It's like it's on the back burner. Uh, I know that fantasy basketball season long comes up throughout football season, and you know that's why it's lost so much of its luster. Not it probably never even had that much luster ever to begin with, but it is just clearly on the back burner. Things that you used to be able to do, like you sort by transaction trends right. on on ESPN. If you click on most added, they still have like Carmelo Anthony as the most added player. That's <laughs> definitely not true. No, it's very weird. Like, clearly their not right. Percentages are all off. Like. They're, they're plus minus changing like added players, drop players. Uh, I hate to sit up here and bash a fantasy outlet, Greg, but. I'm bashing them because they screwed not, up. This if is If you're wrong. not doing a good job, if you're not doing a good job, you deserve to be. Called. Why wouldn't I bash a fantasy outlet that sucks? Think about it. It's the only season long fantasy that's going on right now. Correct. So, it's not true. NHL is. NHL. Also true. But, I mean, look, if they don't care about basketball, how much, how much effort are they putting into hockey, Greg? But that's unacceptable. Like, I get CBS, you have to pay for the platform so you can expect more. That's fine. But if ESPN is supposed to be the worldwide leader in sports and fantasy and gaming, whatever, how do you not yeah. How do you not treat it the same way that you treat everything else, right? If football is your top priority. At least once football ends, like, come on. That's what I was expecting. Like, all right, Christmas, New Year's, like, we'll see a bounce back. Like, ESPN fantasy. If, if football is your top priority, as it should be, I get it. It makes you the most money. That's fine. But to change people's scores and not tell them what you changed, that's a bad look, man. Yeah. Bad look. Not great. Uh, might be transitioning into ya uh, Yahoo next year. Maybe even like a fan track. I, I don't even know if no, fan, fan tracks. Track. Has, I think they have fantasy basketball. Still do my fantasy league. That sucks, too. Fan tracks, fan tracks is very good, though. Stuff that, uh, stuff that I've looked into there. I, I've played leagues there before. The great fans. No I, I have no problem with fan, I have no problem with fan tracks. I just don't want you to, I just, I just don't want you to use my fantasy league. I don't even know if my fantasy league has basketball. It's, it's a terrible interface, by the way. Also, if you ever need to send an angry email, please contact Greg. Probably for like a small sum, you could send it to his Venmo. Uh, Venmo. Sure. He will write out an angry email for you. There's nobody Absolutely. I know. Well, maybe my like my mom. She's really she's good at that. She's really good at like conveying her anger, but in like a professional manner. It's like the scariest thing. Greg's really good at sending angry emails. So Thank if you. you ever need an angry email. Greg Sussman's your Thank you.
goes back to what I said yesterday that you'd make a great NFL owner as well. I appreciate that. Ruthless. Ruthless Greg Sussman. No, I just treat not I, care about the people. I care about winning, which is what Greg, I should care Greg about. Greg wants to care about winning, yeah. making money, right? Bad chicken parmesan, Ugh. sleeping well. I care about good chicken parmesan. What else do you got, Greg? Anything else? Fantasy <sighs> basketball? Or is this in the rear view? I, I'm, I'm annoyed. Like, thankfully, this week, like, I, I'm annoyed because personally, for me, I'm in the race for a bye. And now I'm in third rather than the second. I have the most points against in the league. I have the second most points scored. Sometimes it bees that way, it's, especially it's, in head to head. That's why. Very you know, frustrating, man. To try and mitigate some of that, Roto. you play like. Roto. Not just necessarily Roto, but a lot of people play dual matchups. They play two matchups in, at once. I like that. In, in head-to-head formats, whether it's baseball or even football, and then you could do it in basketball too. Be, it kind of eliminates the unluckiness of it, where as what you're saying right now is you have the most points against, but you're like, what, second or third in points scored? And now, normally, based on how many points scored you have, you'd right. be towards the top. Theoretically, yes. But that's why some people in head-to-head leagues, regardless of fantasy sport, they play two matchups at once. Naranjan tweeted at me on Twitter as I, I, I basically told the story on Twitter. And he says, the entire ESPN basketball redesign was poorly conceived in message. Terrible. In a Roto League, you can't check your progress towards game-played limits on their website. You're not able to. You can only do it on the app. You also can't set custom limits by position. Only can do it overall. I'm just not caring about your customers, man. Sorry, Greg. Sorry that that happened to you. Changing gears a little bit. Do you think that I should slowly work my way back into carbs? Because as everyone knows, I've been very open about my diet, my habits over the, over the past month in January, not eating carbs, not drinking alcohol. Now, my idea was that come Friday, like I'm diving back in. Like well, I'm yeah, fully yeah, yeah. back into You were pumped. Like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm probably just going to gain back all the weight that I lost this which, month. Which is, are you going to check before Friday? I know you don't normally go into your parents' house on Sunday and check. But you're reinstituting carbs on Friday. No, I only do it on. T- I don't have a scale in my house. Right. So I I have a scale in my parents' house. I know. I so I, I, I understand. Yeah, so that, I'm not but, do but, it but, but I feel bad because you're not, you're not going to get the final total before you dive back into carbs. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Um, <laughs> people are telling me that if I dive back in too quickly, right. my stomach's going to be all messed up because I haven't eaten carbs in a month. Well, here's the thing. True. Here's the thing. On Sunday, you're, you're going to see me here Friday. There's no tweet there, out a picture of it. I'm going to eat a bacon, egg, and cheese on an everything bagel. Right. That's happened. And there's no stopping you on Sunday. That's for sure. Beer and wings. Right. And, and Friday night, you're already having artichoke. You discussed that as well. Yeah. Drinking beers. Right. Beers and gears? No, no, no. A buddy of mine's a bartender, so I'm probably going to go visit. That's cool. So should I not just dive back in? Well, theoretically, I... of course not. But like... Yeah, I'm going to do it. You're going to do it anyway. We both know that. Tell me whatever you want. I, I, I know. I could actually... I could tell you like the health, <laughs> the, what you should do to be healthy, but you're not going to listen to that. You're going to eat it. Hey, look. I've been healthy for a month. Enough of that. Hey. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Tell you that every day. Ricky, let's jump in here. All right, Is there anything that, that jumps off to you right off the top? Like, do you want to start with stuff like in the first quarter, first half, or player props, game props? I know, like, you're into some, hey man, some you, things that why don't, out to you. Listen, why don't, why don't you, you run the show? You lead it where you want it to go. Well, an interesting stat that I've seen, and I think everyone has seen this at some point throughout the past week or so. Did you know this, Greg? The Patriots have scored three points total in the first quarter of their previous eight Super Bowl games combined. Mm-hmm. Three points total. They get off to a slow and That start. was last year. Right. 
eight Super Bowls, they've scored three points in the first quarter. Then New England has also allowed just 9.3 first half points per game this season. Third fewest in the NFL. Basically, what I'm getting at is I love the first, first half, half under. Yeah. 27 and a half. Is it interesting to you that they've scored three points total in the last eight Super Bowls, you said? Yeah. Is it interesting to you then that the person that has the best odds to score the first touchdown is Sonny Michelle? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, he does have the best odds to score. Uh, and, you know, they're not so... The odds makers right now are looking more so at, at, at what's happened this playoff rather than culminating everything that, that the Patriots have done. Clearly. And what has happened the past two games in the Chargers and the Chiefs game is that it's run, 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 well, I it, hope. it didn't work for the Cowboys against the Rams. No, it did not. Because the Rams, what they did in that game defensively was, we're going to send the house at Ezekiel Elliott. Let's have Dak Prescott try and beat us. Now, it's a little bit different Correct. because you can't send the house at Sony Michelle. And tell Tom Brady to then beat Tom you. Brady's going to pick you apart. Correct. But it would throw a little bit of a wrench in things if that's the plan for Bill Belichick. But that's exactly what we talk about, Greg. Because Bill Belichick has done something two games in a row now, you think he started off the first quarter just running run, the football run, 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 run. down the opponent's throat. That's probably not what he's going to do in this game. Because when you think you know what's going to come with Bill Belichick and the Patriots, he does something completely different. And that's, what, and that's reflected in the oddsmakers. The oddsmakers think that they're going to continue to do what they've been doing. How often do they do the same thing in a row? Three games in a row, Greg. Right. Not very often. So are we going to see a long drive on the first drive of the game that's going to result in a Sony Michelle touchdown? Or in the first quarter, rather? They've scored three points in their past eight Super Bowl first quarters combined. I just thought that was a crazy, crazy stat. I saw the, the first quarter over-under for total points, where I've seen it, is 10.5. Which doesn't really correlate with the first half No, it total, does not at all. Which is 27.5. Right, which course. normally would be like maybe like 13.5, right? Or 14. Sure. Something like right around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That means they know how slow... Typically, both teams get off to the slow starts that they get off to in the Super Bowl. Right. Ten and a half is a little bit too low for me to take the under there because anything can happen there. It's two touchdowns and you lose. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, it could be like seven, six, and you're done. Like, it could be a touchdown and two field goals. There's like a lot to ask for. Yeah. Really just two touchdowns. I'd, ra- two I'd rather take the first half under 27 and a half. I feel pretty good about it. I feel good about that too. Yeah. I feel very good about that. Especially the way the Patriots defense has played in first halves this year. Greg, is it, is it, does it make more sense for us to talk about how we think game flow is going to go in this game and then we can kind of like break down the props from that perspective because then like you want the props to correlate with how you think the game is going to go mm-hmm. or should we just kind of like talk about the props that we like throughout the show and then at the end we'll kind of like get into well this is why we think the game's going to go this way and this is why we like these props. You lead the way man I'm following along whatever you whatever you're comfortable with. So I think it's it's well known that at this point we both think the Patriots are going to win. Correct. Now, I'm not going to speak for you. You could talk about how you think the game flow is going to go, but I do think that we're going to see a little bit of back and forth here. I don't think it's just going to be the Patriots dominating all throughout. I think it's we get a lot of back and forth throughout this game, which doesn't lend itself either way to, okay, the Patriots are sitting on a lead. They're going to run the ball a lot. The Rams are playing from behind the entire game. They're going to throw the ball a lot. I think we see a little bit of back and forth from both teams throughout. I think the Patriots pull away in the second half. I think it's really like the fourth quarter where the Patriots pull away and ultimately end up winning by like 
six or seven points. So, so I disagree a little bit. I think it's going to be one of the games where the Patriots actually get out to an early lead, as we kind of have seen them do, before the Rams try to storm back and ultimately wind up falling short. I just think there's too much history involved with the slow starts that the Patriots get off to in the Super Bowl. Remember, 28-3 to against the Falcons? Yes, of course. I know how that ended. Yeah, we all know how that ended. Overtime. Falcons didn't even touch the ball. And then, last year, like they, only, they only scored three points in the first quarter again against the Eagles. Now, both teams, they ended up clearing, actually, the first half total. They went over the number because both teams scored a lot in the second quarter as well. Both the Eagles and the Patriots. Uh, but the Eagles really had the Patriots number the entirety of that game. Like, kind of seemed like, you know, they were outmaneuvering, something we don't really see from Belichick. I just think that there's so much history involved, and we have so much in the past to go on that there's slow starts that I don't know that the Patriots just get off to this big lead. Or even, like, by the end of the first half, I think maybe we're looking at something like a 14-10 at the end of the first half. I think it's more. 13-10. I think it's 13 7, something like, like I, don't, I just don't think they pull away until I think end that, of the game. And I disagree. How I think it playing. I disagree personally. I think yeah. they pull away a little bit earlier than you think, and the Rams got to come storming back, which they're not built to do. With that, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we dive even further into the player props. It's Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your fantasy best friends forever. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 It's calling the shots. Joe Theismann, Super Bowl winner, who's winning on Sunday and why? I think the New England Patriots will win this football game. Tom Brady looked as sharp against Kansas City as I've ever seen him. I will go with this to Wiley Veteran and the experience. But I love the fact that Sean McVay is on the other side of the field because you just don't know what the Rams are going to get. Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. With you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. All right, Frankie, you want to... It's very interesting. 
So I have a list of player props in front of me. And there's some things that have been taken off the board, oddly enough. Well, one thing that's been taken off the board. This is very popular. And it's total rushing attempts for both Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson. They're not on the board right now. Really? Yeah. I thought the last I saw it at was Todd Gurley, 14 and a half rushing okay. attempts. Okay. On, on this website, yeah. not on the board. What website are you looking at? Sportsinteraction.com. That's what makes, I think that's what makes the player props, especially from the Rams. It's so side. annoying that I can't ever, I can't access Odd Shark. It's like the most frustrating thing in the world. Why is that? You're not authorized access the nine. <laughs> Denied. I, I thought it was like location based. I don't. I don't think that happens to me. Really? Yeah. Well, I had a bunch of art, Odd Shark uh, tabs open yesterday. I think what's really interesting about Rams props in this game is you like more than ever before. Like it's already normally we have an idea when it comes to a certain game, a certain team. Like projecting. Like okay, it's obvious where now, the matchup. I'm now on Odd Shark. It's obvious where the matchup advantage is. With the Rams, they have they have so many different players that could this, the production could be spread out between in this game. To me, it's so like it's impossible to project. Like, how do you project Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson heading into this game? No idea. Your guess is as good as mine, and it's incredibly frustrating because when I talk about the matchups, right? Like, what kind of matchup? If you're, if you're the Rams here, what kind of matchup are you trying to exploit? What comes to mind for me is throwing the ball to the running back versus the Patriots, linebackers, and safeties. You don't want to throw the ball outside, typically, against the, the Patriots because they have great corners. Like, Stephon Gilmore was rated the best cover corner this year, according to Pro Football Focus. They also have Jason McCourty, uh, and then they have his brother, Devin McCourty, who's a great safety as well, yep. who helps out in coverage. Mm-hmm. And I think where you might want to attack is with running backs catching the ball against their linebackers in their seat. But who's going to catch the ball? Who's going to be on the field? So I'm glad you asked that. The prop that Gabe was talking about earlier this morning, on the morning after, was in regards to C.J. Anderson catching a pass. I think they set his reception at, at 0. 0.5. Yeah. Which, if you think he's going to be on the field, he's going to be on the field, but at all, judging by the game flow, he'll probably catch a pass. It's trying to figure out how much Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson are going to be used. Which, look, reports are Todd Gurley is going to see the ball a ton in this game, right? Supposedly, supposedly, they've been saving him for now, right? Which makes absolutely no sense. You've been saving Todd Gurley for the Super Bowl. Like, you I don't even know. That I, don't you were sa- I don't think they've been saving him. Something's up, as we know. Something is up. Yep. But meanwhile, there were like. There was also a report that there are like scouts or you know other front office people around the NFL that say CJ Anderson fits what the Rams want to do more. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what? It's very, very. Why would silly. they pay Todd Gurley to be the most expensive, like the the, most, the highest, highest paid, paid yep. running back in the league to find a guy off waivers in CJ Anderson that fits what they want to do more, like? That is total bullcrap. There's no ounce of truth to that whatsoever. If Todd Gurley does not have some kind of surgery, or, I mean, maybe it's just going to go, like, hush-hush under the radar after the season ends, there's something seriously wrong in L.A. Totally. Totally. But trying to project, like... So I was asking... I think that's a pretty good bet, though. Like, taking C.J. Anderson to catch one pass? I agree. It's a great bet. Because I think that that's where you want to attack. To me, where you want to attack the Patriots is 
either tight ends or running backs catching passes matched up against the linebackers, linebackers or safeties of the Patriots or slot receivers, which we know like they can use any Rams wide receiver. More than likely not, it will be Robert Woods or Josh Reynolds in the right. slot. Mm-hmm. Splitting duty. Going up against, Yep, I believe that his name is J.C. Jackson, right? He's kind of been the guy that's been targeted. Like, Correct. Opposing teams have been targeting him. He's been getting penalties uh, thrown on him over the past couple of games. Definitely more often than guys like McCourty and guys like Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. So I think the slot receiver and running backs and tight ends, throwing passes to those guys makes the most sense for the Rams. But what makes it so hard is the Rams have two running backs now. The Rams have two tight ends. So do you really want to lean on props there? You know, the most profitable thing to do, Greg, is to take unders and no's to a lot of props. Because the public wants to wants bet. To everyone, yes. everyone wants to see everyone, yards. Everyone wants, everyone to, get wants to, yes. to see touchdowns. Uh-huh. So the profitable thing to do is bet unders and bet no's. Which I think you can find here with the Rams because, again, like they have two running backs and they have two tight ends. I think that's the matchup to exploit, but how can you trust one more than the other? Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it so difficult when it comes to player props for the Rams specifically. And, and if we're just talking about Jared Goff, right? Like his completion prop is at 25 and a half. I believe his yard, his yardage is at like 280. Something like that, Craig. I, I saw it at passing yards, passing 282 and a half. That's on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I said 289 and a half. Jared Goff hasn't gone over 25 completions so, in four straight games. Mm-hmm. Is that a matter of, uh, can that change with a matter of game flow? Yep. Goff has thrown for more than one touchdown just once in his last seven games. Jesus. His touchdown prop is at one and a half. So I, you know, games to talk about a lot of this. I don't like any of the Rams props. On really. the FanDuel, hurry up. See, that's the thing. I don't like the Rams props either. Gabe was talking about earlier this morning and yesterday, maybe me, that he thinks the best, or, and on his show on GTD, that the best props for LA are all around Todd Gurley. That's the where the best... make the most sense around the Rams. Or Josh Reynolds in the slot. Greg Zerline. Sure. You know he loves that too. But there, a lot of history in the Super Bowl shows that there's not a lot of long field goals kicked in the Super Bowl. And but, now they also don't have kickers that can the caliber of Greg Zerline. Sure, yeah, right. You can kick you know, field goals from 70 yards out. Last week, 57 yarder to win would have been good from 70. A lot of the times we don't have kickers of that caliber in this spot. But also, when it comes to the Super Bowl, it's, it's a one-and-done game, Greg. So a lot of these guys are playing aggressive. And, you know, if, they do, if the Rams do fall, fall behind, are they going to sell for field goals or are they going to go for it on fourth-down conversions? Well, I mean, I think it depends. That goes back to correlating your props where there's props with which uh, do, do you think that there will be a fourth-down conversion in this game? Yes, I think, I, I think there will be a fourth down conversion. I think there will be a fourth down conversion. I think there will be a two point conversion. Like those are easy bets to me. Fourth down conversion, I feel much stronger about than two point conversion. There's always a two point conversion. So especially in today's NFL, they seem to go for two all the time. DJ Anderson, I'm going to pull up his his game log. I know he had a few catches in one of these. games. All right. I want to see what uh what he's what he's done, but that might be the only one. And then I know. The long field goal prop in this game, what is it, like 45 44 and a half? 44 and a half is last I half. saw, yeah. So I think that's a pretty safe bet. With both kickers. They're both strong kickers. It's a lock! Goskowski and Greg Zerloin. Because you, what you, all you need at the end of the half, one team going for the field goal. That's what you need. All right, Greg. Yeah. In the four games that C.J. Anderson has appeared in where he's... Done stuff. Done stuff with the Rams. Yep. He's had at least one catch in three of those. 
75% chance. The question... He had one catch last week. He had zero catches. He has had at least one target in every game. He had zero catches against the Cowboys. He had three against San Francisco. He had one against Arizona. Again, Todd Gurley wasn't active in either one of those games. Here's the thing. Even last week, where Todd Gurley had five touches the entire game, he was barely on the field. Gurley had several throws thrown at him. Passes thrown at him, I should say. Even if Anderson is barely on the field, I think there's a good opportunity that they dump it off to him at some point. I think it's a good bet, Frank, at, pl- at you know, .5. Need one catch. You know what I, you know, I ask you for much there. One catch. It's one of the few that I agree that we got to go yes on. Greg, I, I, I advocate for everybody to... They, they're doing this thing, like, everywhere um, where they give you, like, 53 things you need to know about the Super Bowl, right? So at Covers.com, at the Action Covers, CBS Sports, um, they all have great ones, right? So here's what they have from Covers uh, regarding the kickers. Rams kicker Greg Zerloin is already a legend for that game-winning kick in the NFC Championship game against New Orleans, but he will, will he get things started early in Super Bowl 53? Zerloin booted 30 field goals in 31 opportunities during the regular season. But just three came in the opening quarter. So there's a prop. Will Greg Zerloin make a first quarter field goal? Yes, is plus 170, which little enticing, but based on what he's done this season. Theoretically not. The odds show that more often than not, that doesn't happen. The very next thing that they tell you is a prop that they like. Will Greg Zerloin make a first quarter field goal? Yes, at plus 110. While Zerloin hasn't been all that busy, they definitely messed something up. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, like, you reading this right? In the second quarter. It's in the second quarter. They wrote first quarter, but they mean second quarter. Because they go on to say, while Zerloin hasn't been all that busy in the opening 15 minutes, the second quarter is a much different story with Zerloin connecting on 10 field goals and 13 opportunities, his highest make and attempt total in any quarter this season. So what they meant to write here is they had a typo. Will Greg Zerloin make a second quarter field goal? There it is. Yes, is at plus 170. There it is. And I think that's, pretty, that's a pretty safe lock. I, We're just talking about Rams, player props. I like Zerloin ones. I think C.J. Anderson to catch a pass makes a lot of sense. Yep. But when it comes to, like, Brandon Cook's yardage, which you look at the revenge game against the, the New England Patriots, I don't think the Rams care about that. They're going to try and exploit matchups any way that they can. Brandon Cook's on the outside, seeing a guy like Stephon Gilmore, or even if he's locked up with Jason McCourty, uh, the two corners that typically play the outside for the New England Patriots, it's just not a favorable matchup. So, yeah, he can easily go over his prop number, but to me, it's not very likely. I, I don't want to mess with a lot of, like, the receptions and receiving yards outside of C.J. Anderson to catch a pass, and then I'll probably look at Greg Zerloin for some of these field goal props. I kind of like, I'm just thinking about the Rams, obviously. I kind of like with the Rams, I hate buying a coach to speak, but assuming Tiger really touches the ball more, I don't want to buy into his total rushing yards. I don't want to buy into his total yards. over 100. Super high. I kind of want... Dude, that's a... Hammer that under. It's like 99 and a half on his total yards. It's higher, it's higher on Odd Shark. His total yards is 102 and a half. He had five touches last game. Mm-hmm. His, his prop for total yards is 99 and a half. He had five touches last game. 102 and a half on Odd Shark. That's an under. That's an under. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But the one that I kind of like, I mean, this is just stupid. What do you think, without looking, without me telling you what the odd, what the um, number is? Mm-hmm. 
longest rush for both Gurley and CJ Anderson. They're different numbers. For Gurley, 10 and a half? 17 and a half. Under. Take everything under. I assume you're leaning with the under, right, Greg? I am. That's a long rush. He's not even touching the ball, let alone running for like long yardage plays. He did that 30-yard touchdown. Which, again, if you're looking at matchups, what the Rams should be doing is not only throwing the ball to their running backs a lot, they should be running the football. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the way to attack of course. the New England Patriots. I, I, you you have the best running back in the NFL! But that's why, it, like, if it, even if he's not healthy, and what they're saying is true, that they're just going to ride him, they're going to give him the ball a ton, even if he's not healthy. I mean, he looked like he was pretty healthy against the Cowboys. Sure, sure. That's what makes it risky. Again, I think I would, I would take the under on all the girls. CJ Anderson, by the way, his longest run is 12 and a half, which I would also pound the under on. CJ Anderson's not rumbling yeah, for more than 12 and a half yards. That's a little bit close. He's had, it's funny that that's his number. He had a long of eight against the Saints, but against the Cowboys, it was 15. Against the 49ers, it was 13. Against the Cardinals, it was 46. He's gone over that number, yeah. and just barely twice, right. but he's gone over that number three of his last four games. Have you seen this yet? I know this is not the Rams related, but total rushing yards for Brady. Have you seen this? <laughs> is it like negative one and a half? Point five. <laughs> Will Tom Brady have one rushing yard in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I wouldn't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> because while, you know, he can go, like, he might have a few of these fourth down things if it comes anything like at the end of the half where, like, he does a kneel down or, like, if you do think you this game gets out of yep. hand at the, at, at, the, uh, at the end of the game and he's just kneeling the ball down, yeah, it's just, and that's there's the not thing. enough evidence there for me to... to and that's the thing, that. right? People are not, aren't realizing, like, oh, yeah, Brady can rush for a yard, which mm -hmm. is true. He definitely can. But if, they're, if you believe they're going to win and he kneels down, that is a loss of one yard and that could F you, man. Yep, Definitely. Great point, Frankie. Uh, total rushing yards for Jared Goff, just for the record, is eight and a half. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it. I'd probably take the under there, um, but I wouldn't really touch that either. Let's move into the Patriots a little bit here, Greg, sure. unless yeah, there's yeah. anything else you want to do with the Rams. No, I mean, that, that you, you pretty much covered it, I think. Like, for what it's worth, um, give everyone a little sneak peek behind the paywall here. The player prop that Daily Roto likes most, Greg, which is their Daily Roto projection versus the prop, Right is Brandon Cooks of all the props available. Yeah, because they have him projected for eighty point six five receiving yards in this and the game. Props and the props is seventy and a half. Prop is at seventy and a half. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that's the biggest value difference between what their projection is and what the prop line is. Is that Daily Roto really likes the Brandon Cooks over, uh, and for what it's worth, their biggest difference on the under is uh, James James White total rushing yards. And I heard a caller call into the fantasy football frenzy this week and said that they saw the number at 15 and a half, and they were freaking out. And they were like, how could this be possible? Right. James White, 15 and a half rushing yards. He's definitely going to have more than that, right? No. 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 Haley Roto hasn't projected for 10.88 yeah. rushing yards in this game, and his prop is at 18 and a half. I'm going to rush the ball. That's Sonny Michelle looking like he is, and Rex Burkhead back in the mix. I mean, yeah, of course. He's going to... Dude, in the game where he had 15 receptions against the Chargers, he had zero rushing yards. Yeah. Zero! Of course. So... While it looks like it's too good to be true, don't, don't fall for it. Don't be a sucker for the James White rushing prop. Uh, Greg, just a few numbers that I have well, regarding the Patriots I was going to jump into. Before, before you do, well, yeah, before you yep. do, you mentioned Brandon Cooks and how high Daily Roto is on him. I, I think my favorite prop, at least when it comes to the wide receivers, isn't so much the yards, but it's the receptions. And I like Robert Woods at five and a half receptions. I believe the stat is, I have it up. Hang on one sec. Um, I think I did actually just 
there it is. Um, so Robert Woods, five and a half receptions. There were eight out of the 18 games he played, so one less than half. Eight of the 18 games he's played this year, he had more than five receptions. So I know the odds are saying take the under on that. Not great. But if I believe... You're seeing it at five and a half? I'm seeing it at five and a half, yeah. Andrew already has it at six. Oh, interesting. And the under is minus 160. So people are hammering that under. So at five, at five and a half, I really like the over because you talk about game flow, Frank. Yep. If I believe they're going to have to be in comeback mode. Yeah, and this is like, this is from like you correlating your, yes, this is my belief. You have to try and like, if you're doing player props, you have to figure out how do you think the game flow is going to go. Me and Greg differ a little bit. We do. And I, and I believe given they'll be in comeback mode in that, a bit in the second half, I think it's lots of Robert Woods. I, I really do. You, I, I, maybe it's biased. I'm a Robert Woods guy, mm-hmm. but I like the over. I know Gabe Morenci also actually likes the over here. Uh, Do you still take the over at six? He's got to catch seven passes. I lot. mean, I think he could. I, well, you're getting I'm plus so, money on it. I'm much you're more plus one twenty six. I'm much more comfortable at five and a half. Oddly yeah, enough, because six is like that magic number. Yeah, he's been right around there. He's been right around five, six receptions every game like this year. DailyRotor.com, by the way, projects him for four point six receptions. So. Significantly under. Yeah. Not Just great saying. there. Brandon Cooks is at five. When we come back, we'll move over to the Patriot sides of things, give you our favorite props when it comes to the Pats, and let's do some crossover stuff also. Yep. Let's take a break. We'll be back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game time decisions. You play out your freaking contract and then go sign where you want to sign. But to do this a year and a half before you're a free agent leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, a lot, a lot of guys, like, we, you know, we've seen these super teams in the past, like with the Miami Heat, you know, what they were able to put together. Uh, guys pretty much uh, want to dictate where they go, especially when they're a free yeah, agent. But at least LeBron James was a free agent. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank and I have a bit of a disagreement during the break here. Love this prop from Ron C in the chat. Come to me. Greg Zerloin to win the MVP of the Super Bowl at plus 10,000, Greg. To which you scoffed at? Scoffed. 
and which I throw it back to you. If last week was the Super Bowl, H- hang on with that. Okay. I'm, well, you, 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 you know, you can talk about it. I'm looking at the NFC. If, if last week was the Super Bowl between the Saints and the Rams, who would have won the MVP? Realistically, there was no standout performer for the Rams. Everyone's going to say, oh, the referees. But realistically, the guy who hit the field goal to go into overtime like it was nothing who? and it hit a 57-yarder in overtime to win the game. I hear you. You do not win the game without that man. Is your MVP of that game. It's not out of the question. Like, if the Rams were to win, it's going to take some Herculean effort like that from Zerloin again. Now, you know, maybe someone else would get more involved. Maybe like a Robert Woods or, or Jared Goff or something so like I have that. So I have two answers who it could have been. Ready? Sure. I think one could be John Johnson, who had the interception in overtime with Drew Brees. Just saying. The other one would be Brandon Cooks, who had seven receptions for 107 yards. I get what you're saying, but at plus 10,000, like... They are never giving the Super Bowl MVP to a kicker. Ever, 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 ever. If Adam Vinatieri... I think if last week was the Super Bowl, they would have gave it If to Adam Vinatieri kicked a ball to win the Super Bowl multiple times and didn't get a single vote for the Super Bowl MVP, it's never happening, man. Never well, that's happening. why the odds are the way they are. And you'd be, and by thir- Ron, am I throwing 30 bucks on them? You're, throw, you're literally throwing away 30 bucks. Well, I wouldn't have put 30 bucks on it, but... Five, ten dollars at plus 10,000? I'm just saying, I thought that it, there was a pretty good case to be made last week where, look, yeah, Brandon Cooks had a good statistical game. He was not the reason why they won that game. By definition, he was not the most valuable player. The defensive player was probably even more likely to get it than Brandon Cooks. In, that regard, in my opinion, Greg Zerlin was the MVP of that game. That's fine, but you, you don't have a vote, so it doesn't really matter. That's absolutely right. I see the Pats. All right, Greg, some numbers that I have here from the, uh, from the Patriots. Per Ian, uh, how would you say his name? H-A-R-T-I-T-Z. Because it seems like I'm just going to say Hartitz. And I don't know if that's right. What? H-A-R-T-I-T-Z. How do you say that last name? Hartitz? Yeah, Hartitz. Yeah. Okay. Per Ian Hartitz. Tom Brady led, Tom Brady led offenses have faced Wade Phillips-led defenses nine times in their career. He's averaged 29.3 points per game in those games. Okay. With the most recent stint, Tom Brady struggling against the Denver Broncos-led defense of Wade Phillips. Obviously, we all know how good the no-fly zone was. Special defense. It was a great defense. Mm -hmm. Now, Tom Brady, 26.5 completions is the number here, Greg. Yep. He's had 30 and 34 completions, respectively, in his first two playoff games. His yardage prop is at 291.5 passing yards. He's gone over that number in eight of his last 10 playoff games, Greg. The last three Super Bowls. Now, this goes back to game flow because I'm trying to figure out how the game flow is going to go here. Last three Super Bowls. Last year, 2018, we all know he broke the record. 505 yards, three touchdowns. In 2017 against the Falcons, what he needed to do to come back in that game. 466 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. In 2014, against the Seahawks, correct? Two, 328 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. But just because it's happened in history, it goes back to game flow. Do we, does he need to pass as much? I think the fact that he's gone over 291 and a half yards in eight of his last 10 playoff games, even with him dinking and dunking as much as I expect him to do in this game, because I do think that that's how they'll attack the Rams once again. They don't have a lot of guys on the outside to throw the ball to. And just 
from a personnel perspective, that doesn't make sense. Like, you don't want to throw the ball to Chris Hogan and Philip Dorsett because that's where Aqib Tlaib is going to be. Maybe you want to tar- target Marcus Peters on some of those plays down the field, but maybe we see a little bit of Gronk match up against linebackers or safeties, but throwing the ball to running backs in Edelman, I think, makes the most sense. With him dinking and dunking, I, I, I think Tom Brady goes over the number at 291 and a half. You, you gave us what he did at the past Super Bowls. You know how many times he did it this season? I have it. Pro- not I- many. There were, he played 18 games this season. Uh, I'll say six. Ten. Ten. Over half. Over half. Now, that's not 291. Yeah. Because he didn't throw for a lot of touchdowns, but th- that's good to know that the yardage is still there. That's not 291. Now, that, this number is lower because of what it was, I guess, earlier in the week. It, it, mm-hmm. it's jumped a bit. So Yeah, I have it at the FanDuel Sportsbook at 291. At some point earlier this week, it was 278 and a half. So my, my stat is at 278 and a half. Odd Shark has this number. Even higher. He has it at 300 and a half. Wow. Which I still like the over, by the way. I f- it'd be, yeah, the Tom Brady yards are going to be there. To me, it's honest, been there in the playoffs. It'd be very, it's been there 10 yeah. out of 18 games this year. It'll it's be been there very, very tough for the Patriots to win, I think. Even if, if Tom Brady's not, not throwing for 300 yards. Even if he's not throwing to like wide receivers and okay. stuff. Again, it's James like White. throwing it to Edelman and throwing it to James White and throwing it to Gronk. I like the over numbers for, for Tom Brady. Even completions at 26 and a half. A lot of those dink and dunks, 30 and 34 the past two games. He didn't need to throw the ball that much against the Chargers. They still did it. What do you see for total receiving yards for Jimmy White? Jim White. I'm seeing the receiving yards on the FanDuel Sportsbook at 51 and a half. Okay. Uh, yes, that's exactly what I see also. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fifty-one and a half for James White. Everybody who knows what he did in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, we had fifteen catches or fourteen catches rather, the most in Super Bowl history. Everyone knows what he did two weeks ago, where he had fifteen catches. Fifty-one didn't come through last week though. No, he did not. People were just hammering. We, I think we all we used both used them in Fanduel, I believe. Yeah, we used them over Sony Michelle too. Right. What do you do? Fifty-one and a half. I'm taking the over. This is the time when James White is used most Super Bowl time. Again, I think it's where do you want to attack the Rams most is getting James White matched up on these linebackers and these safeties. You don't want to target a guy like Aqib Tlaib. And, you know, for what it's worth, you know, all the drama with Nikel Roby Coleman, he's actually a really, really good slot corner. So maybe it gives you a little bit of pause when it comes to Edelman. I still think that I like the, the over on the Edelman number at 80 and a half, but he is a very good corner, Roby Coleman, that is. But I do think that the way to target the Rams' defense is going to be using the ex- James White as the extension of the run game because, as we know, defeating a great pass rush is through a lot of these dink-and-dunk passes to specifically running backs. And James White, I mean, they could use him out of the backfield. They could line him up as a wide receiver. They could use him in a myriad of ways. Myriad of ways. You're right. Myriad I like, of ways. You're right. I like him, uh, I like him over 51.5. He didn't come through last week. He had 49 but he had 97 the week before with the 15 receptions against the Chargers. So I think about it that, and again, this is just me giving, I don't know, my, my thought, right? I have this vision. Because I was really heavily against Alvin Kamara last week for my pool. And I had this vision of that one drive where Drew Brees dumped it off to Alvin Kamara like six times or 50 yards. Right? You, I mean, and I know we, I think we talked about this. You, you legit might clear this prop in the first quarter, Correct. first half. Correct. Knowing that and just having that vision in my mind, I'm taking the over on James White receiving yards. 100%. I'm looking at the game white, uh, the game, 
Game white. Game log for James White's Get career. that game white, baby. Game white. Looking at it. Interesting. The 14 receptions against the... Uh, history has not been kind to James White. In the in the postseason, actually, because we we all remember that uh, we all remember that that Falcons game where he caught fourteen for one ten. Uh, he also had twenty nine rushing yards in that game. He had three total touchdowns. I think that's what we remember most. Mm-hmm. He's he's only should have been the MVP. By the way. He's only cleared fifty one and a half receiving yards. The over in two out of ten postseason games. James White. Now, does that number change your mind? No. 49 against the Chiefs last week, 97 against the Chargers. Last year in three games, he didn't have more than 29 games, uh, 29 yards. A little bit of a different scenario last year because Deion Lewis was kind of doing a little bit of both. I don't know that they trust Burkhead to the same level that they did Deion Lewis. Then it was the game 14 for 110 against the Falcons, and he had three for eight against the Steelers, one for 19 in his first two playoff games ever at 39 and 45. So you got to remember, though, the dynamic in that backfield isn't the same years ago that it is right now, right? Like Deion Lewis was there. Other guys were there. Um, it was a different team, different offenses. We know that this, we know what the offense is this year, very similar to last year, where it's James White is your passing down back. Sony Michelle is your running down back. Rex Burkhead's one, they, won't, they don't want you to know what they're doing. And that's it. Over and over and over again. We know this. And... I think you're going to see a lot of James White catching the football in this game. I do. Anything else with the Patriots, Frank? Julian Edelman's receiving yards is at 80 and a half, Greg, and his receptions, imagine it would be six and a half or seven. I see it at seven right now. Seven, yeah. And the under is minus 142. I like the yardage more than I like the receptions at 80 and a half. I think, Jay, I think Edelman goes over 80 and a half. Oshark actually has an 84 and a half. A little bit tougher, huh? <laughs> People are probably hammering that over. That's why. I don't think I want to mess with Julian Edelman. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's fine. I don't think I want to mess with this, personally. I think the Gronk stuff's interesting. Uh, receiving yards, I see him at 54 and a half. I see receptions at four and a half. You know, a lot of these longest reception and longest runs, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think that's where like, a lot of money could be made. I agree with you. With the nose. Chris that Hogan's longest reception. Again, it could end on any play. We've seen Chris Hogan have... 19 and a half, is that you see? 20 and a half. Yeah. Chris Hogan? Longest reception? I don't get it, man. Like, I'm shocked but that... Like, I'm shocked Marcus that... Like, Peters like, bites on one, like, yes, right, he can get right, right, behind right. the defense. Like Chris I understand Ho- that. Anything with Chris Hogan, right? Chris Hogan receiving yards at 40 Gronkowski, and a half. 20 and a half? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Longest reception? I think, but I think, thing, but look thing at with, a lot of these longest receptions, right? Like, but the thing is with those, Brandon Frankie, Cook's a little bit harder because... The thing with those are, it's, it could, it's literally could take one play. Yep. Literally one play. That's what makes that one so tough, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd look at a few of those, though. I, I think the Chris Hogan one, Chris Hogan and Gronk just stand out to me. And then what you mentioned on Gurley, what was it again? 17 and a half? Yeah. <laughs> So Frank, you're going to spend. Totally yards you are going to spend. Like, I'm probably going to take the under. You're going to spend legitimately hours at the sports book tomorrow, trying to figure out what to do. Correct. <laughs> That's what you spend hours on. You just be like, I, I want this. Oh no, I want this. I want this. I don't know. That's what's going to. I got to find this as well. 
the roughing the passer penalty. You gotta football, find that. One. Like I gotta find what the odds are. For also, me. get a blue check. I know the yes is plus money, and the the lead ref in this game, John Perry, yep. correct? John Perry. Mm-hmm. What I've read about him is that he had the most roughing the passer penalties called this season. That's not what you said. You said unnecessary roughness penalties. You didn't say roughing no, the passer. No, roughing the passer. Okay. That's what I meant. Okay. That w- he's called the most of those this season. And that is, and that and it's is Aaron his Donald call. and Dominican Sue Correct. going up against Tom Brady. And not only do they like to protect Tom Brady more than any other quarterback, I think the fact that there was there, that missed call happened at the end of that Saints Rams game, that they're going to try and overcorrect that this week, right? Don't forget that, that they might be even quicker to throw flags. Don't forget, though, the call on Brady hours later where they didn't, t- they didn't touch his face and they called him roughing the passer. Dude, they slapped like his collarbone. Right. Didn't even touch his his helmet. Correct. Anything, and they called it. So, Parry is the one that makes those calls. It's not like he makes a pass interference call. He actually makes the roughing the passer calls. So, that matters. Be aware of that. I want to sign off of YouTube now. Uh, thank you so much for watching. The Frenzy's up next. Corey, Jim Day, uh, and Chris Venture will have you covered there. Um, please subscribe, like, rate us, uh, leave us five stars, and absolutely leave a comment. I also want to note that before we sign off, I want to get into the cross-sport props, Frank, because I know you wanted to talk about that with Russell Westbrook in particular. Yeah, Russell Westbrook, uh, some, some really cool stuff that they have between uh, Russell Westbrook total points, rebounds, assists, greater than Rob Gronkowski's mm-hmm. receiving, receiving yards. yards. And I do believe if you add them all up, the number I saw was like 47.9. Yeah, so, so, like I, right around so I was thinking like 15, so 15, 15. You're getting plus money. With Westbrook at plus 100 yes. because yes. the receiving yardage prop for Gronk is like 55 or 53. So if you add up the averages of uh, Westbrook, it's a little bit lower than what we're seeing as the... Re- it's 55 and a half for Gronk's now, yardage prop. let me ask this. You bet on these things. Like I know there's another one with Kyrie Irving total points versus Jared Goff pass completions. Which we, you know, we got to start to look into the NBA schedule on Sunday to see who... Well, this, is my, well, this is my thing. Does this go off the board if Kyrie doesn't play, or you automatically win? Uh, it goes off the board, right? There, there are a lot of props involving golfers. Right. And I saw that the note was, if a golfer doesn't make the cut, it's automatically off the board. So I would so imagine it's, it's, it's the same the thing if a yeah. player doesn't play, if an NBA player doesn't play. Right. The three matchups that we have on Sunday are the Grizzlies at the Knicks, the Thunder at the Celtics, the Clippers at the Raptors. Here's what I love. I got one I love for you. What do you got? If he plays, Kawhi Leonard points versus James White rushing yards. That's great. I love it. Yes. I love that Getting one. James White at minus 130. Is that what you're seeing as well? I see him at plus 100. James, James White plus 100. Kawhi Leonard minus 130. Yeah, yeah, You like Kawhi Leonard, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I love Kawhi Leonard. I like that, that as well. Mm-hmm. Some other, here we go. Kyrie Irving total points. Jared Goff pass completion. So it's Kyrie Irving and the Celtics going up against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Right. Right. I think that... Um, but it, it, going back to your train of thought, is if you think that the Rams are playing from behind a little bit in this game, then maybe there's more pass completion. I don't love that bet. You don't love that one? I don't love that one. Okay. Um, you gotta wait I, this is an interesting one because I know how you feel about this, Frank. Yeah. And you get plus money. James Harden's streak of 30 or more games, 30 it's points still going. scores, which is still going. You're at 35, I think, right now. 28, one of the two. <laughs> Those are very far. I forget what it is. Those I, are very far. I, I, I opened the recap with it this morning. Okay, keep going. Or, longest touchdown scored in the game. 
Because I know you don't think it'll be a long touchdown. So that number, you would love James Harden. You get plus money at that. At 24, Greg. Oh. 30. It'll be longer. It'll be longer before Sunday. Yeah. It it will be. I think they have like two more games before then. So technically, it would be at 26 if you think he's going to keep the streak going. This is a great bet. games going against the Utah Jets. This is a great bet. Ready? Yep. Which Georgia Bulldog will have more rushing yards? I've seen that. That's a good one. Yeah. It's... I've seen it where um, Sony Michelle is actually giving seven and a half yards. Sony Michelle plus one hundred. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gurley might not. Gurley might not do anything. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like Sony Michelle there. I've mm-hmm. seen. That's crazy. That you're getting plus money on that. I've seen bets where Sony Michelle. Yeah, I mean, getting seven and a half yards. How about this, Greg? A little college basketball for you. Will Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish combine for more points? Or will the Rams and Patriots combine for more points? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked this up. Duke is facing St. John's on Saturday. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I think the Rams and Patriots will combine for more points. A few more, a few more that I do like, Greg. Just random ones. Um, yeah, like 20, been, you got about 15 seconds. There's been a defensive or special team touchdown scored in eight of the last 12 Super Bowls. You're getting yes at plus 200. Okay. Is that easy to get a few more? Yeah, I mean, well, I don't have enough time. <laughs> we'll do it all again tomorrow. Corey's up next for Frank. I'm Greg. See you tomorrow. We hope.